tired. So tired. Overtired. Welcome to Overtired. We, we th this is Brett Terpstra. I'm here with Christina Warren, and we're both super tired <laughs> for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Your your reason is that you woke up, so it's it's what it's is it is it nine a.m. or is it ten a.m. your time? I never can remember if you're if you're um central or eastern time I'm zone. Central. It is nine a.m. Okay. right now. Okay, excellent. All right, so it is it is seven a.m. for me. And, um, I remembered that I was doing this at like 11 PM after I ordered a bunch of food and taken, um, an edible. And I was like, fuck, I have to be up at 7 AM uh, to do I this because high. usually that, that combo was like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, up until probably 4 AM and then and I'm going to sleep no all day plans for tomorrow. That's exactly it because I'm on vacation. And even though technically it started Friday, I still had meetings Friday, even though I was off and I had a meeting yesterday, I'm done for the rest of the year. Like I'm done. I'm not like, I'm not doing anything for work until January 4th. So, um, other than podcasting, but like for my day job, I'm like, I'm not, I'm done. So, um, yeah. That must be nice. I remember vacation time. I haven't done that in years. Well, I haven't either, which is the problem. I mean, the last time I did it was like in, in, in any like prolonged sense was a year ago when I was in um, Atlanta for like a month with my parents. And then I went to Tampa for this. I have to be careful because, uh, well, it was a wedding, but it let's just say that it portended a lot of things. Like, let's just say the way that I, I rung in 2020 was like a pogrom or whatever the term is. Like it was like a premonition of something terrible about to happen for a lot of reasons. And, and I would love to talk about it more freely, but um, <laughs> I can't uh, just, just uh, for, uh, I guess, uh, politeness uh, to, to people that, are easily identifiable online if I'm able to like, you know, mention them sort of things. Um, so the last time that I had off for an extended period was a year ago and how Microsoft's vacation works as it does at, at most companies is that if you don't use a certain amount within a certain period of time, you lose it. Um, in, if, if you're, um, a resident of California, they can't do that. It doesn't expire, but in other States it does. So I got like an email where they were like, Hey, you have like 90 hours that if you don't use, you will lose. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like that's, that's not good. Right. So, um, I had to start taking random days off because we get a certain amount of like prepaid, you know, kind of holidays, like things that are considered company holidays. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be like, I'm going to lose it. So I took some stuff where I was like, okay, I, I, you know, dipped into the normal vacation period, but I'm really like using vacation from like two years ago. So when you're on vacation with your, mm -hmm. your hoity toity corporate job, is there mm -hmm. any chance that someone contacts you and says, Hey, I know you're on vacation, but we need this done. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better. Cause I, I can take kind of a vacation, but I still like, I can't let customer support no, I mean, I mean, look, there would be instances and there have been things like where there have been people that I work with who are just like, I'm gone. I'm off the grid. You cannot reach me. 
okay, fine. Um, and, and that's understandable. And, and if I wanted to set that boundary, I could, but that's not a boundary I set. And, and it's not, um, one that, that I think that most people like, you know, that I work with have set, like you certainly could do that, but that's, that's not the boundary that most people set. It's not like, there, there might be some circumstances, like if I was on a cruise ship, uh, let's say that we weren't like in pandemic times and that wasn't the most terrifying thought in the world, like, you know, or, or, you know, if I was, you know, in Nepal or something and had limited access to internet cause I'm climbing Mount Everest or some shit, like fine. But I mean, yeah, that's, that's not like if something really was needed, then people could call me. Like I said, I, I, I had calls on both Friday and yesterday. They weren't long but we needed to get them done. Like one of them needed to be done by the end of the year. And I had people on from China, like on the line and like, you know, (laughs) I, I need to, I need to be on the phone call. So meanwhile, while you're high eating Taco Bell, Mm -hmm. I think I'm having a manic episode. Turns out I I don't think I actually am, but I woke up like a shot at 2am and and like I, I have this test. I can tell when I'm manic because if I'm laying in bed with my eyes closed and I open them and have no immediate desire to shut them again, it uh-huh. usually means I'm manic. So if I open my eyes and they're just wide open and I can see clearly it, it, if I'm, if I'm not like I'll open my eyes, but then just kind of they'll drift back closed. Huh. And so I was wide awake and laid there for three hours because I was like, if I get up and and go to my computer, I it'll definitely be a manic episode. And I don't it's been like three months. I don't want a manic episode. So I tried to I tried to fool it. And apparently it worked because at like five. I fell back asleep. I thought, though, that last week you were saying that you hadn't had a manic episode in too long and you were freaked out about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I'm bored is what I am. Okay. (laughs) Like, like I, like I miss what I get done during a manic episode, but I don't miss going five plus days with like zero sleep. That wears me down so much. And it would really put a crimp in like my holiday plans. What little I have, I would have to like, if I were to not sleep between now and Christmas, uh, like my family, my brother and his family showed up at my parents' house, much to my dismay, but they've been there for like 10 days quarantined. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I could swing by as long as we can maintain social distance. I can swing by for an hour on Christmas and, sure. and see my nieces and hand over some gifts and uh, just kind of have a, a pseudo family Christmas and if I were to go from now until then without sleeping I wouldn't even feel right showing up for an hour because I would be I have you know my family's super religious and right like when I'm that tired I say really offensive things and I just I just I hide myself away after that long without sleep I'm not I'm not fit for public consumption at that point. <laughs> no, I can um I understand like you 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 don't want to say things that you don't mean. You want to be in the right frame of mind. You you don't yeah, I, I totally can understand that. 
So as uh, as part of this kind of mental health corner we're going through right now, I would like to introduce our first sponsor this week. Okay. We've talked about uh, BetterHelp before, but uh, this is exactly the kind of situation it would be perfect for. Um, everyone has something that gets kind of in the way of achieving their goals, whether it's manic episodes or ADHD or being on vacation. Uh, BetterHelp is professional therapy available remotely. You fill out a detailed questionnaire and they match you with a professional therapist that's right for you, licensed in the state where you live. You connect in a safe and private online environment in whatever way works for you. Live calls, video calls, or just text messages. Once you filled out your questionnaire, you can start communicating with your counselor in under 24 hours. And this isn't self-help, it's True professional counseling. I see a psychiatrist who takes care of my prescription needs, but it's really nice to have access to good talk therapy, uh, which is not something I tend to have where I live in my little town. Um, I filled out the questionnaire and got matched with a therapist who has been great uh, uh, for the last month, been getting my uh, first time in my life, getting some uh, some counseling, and it's it's been very helpful. Uh, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional counseling, too, and financial aid is available in many areas. In addition to the specific issues that I deal with, like ADHD and bipolar, there are counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anger, LGBT matters, grief, sleep, trauma, just about any specific needs you have. Um, and of course, anything you share is completely confidential. So we want you to start living a happier life today. As an overtired listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash overtired. Uh, join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash overtired. I know we worked that in a little early in the episode, but maybe no, I think it, I think it fits. It fits, and maybe people aren't like bored enough yet that they would actually listen and support the sponsors who support our show. No, I mean that would be a good thing, right? Like I know that that would be helpful, but also I think that better help and 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 Brett's like mental health corner are natural partners. If we're being honest, totally, totally. Guess who's sponsoring us coming up? Who's that? Uh, a kitty litter, a, a a kitty litter company. Oh shit, that's awesome! Oh, uh, can we get a kitten update? Oh, totally. I'll talk about cats all day if you want. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Bod has become. It's like so. She has her own room right now, and when I walk into the room, she runs up to me, and mm -hmm. it's just like immediately. So I lay down on the bed, and she jumps on top of me and just starts purring. And it takes about three minutes before her like um, play drive kicks in. So I'll just be petting her and she'll be purring. And then all of a sudden she'll like bite my finger. And that's a no, no. We, we don't let cats bite our fingers because right. that's just bad habit to get into. Absolutely. So then out comes the toy. She actually pulled apart uh, one of the wand toys with like the fishing line on it. She managed to to break one already but she runs around the room to up curtains chasing feathers and she's seriously like i go in three to four times a day for 30 to 40 minutes at a time uh it's a big chunk of my time but i'm really loving this kitten 
I love it. I love it. Um, how's the other cat uh, reacting? Like, like, what's the update on that? So he's he's been pretty cool with the whole thing. Like, he's taken to sitting outside of my, the kitty's room when I'm in there, and he'll sit out there and he'll meow once in a while. But when I come out, he like he's like, okay, it's my turn, and he follows me around like a little puppy and sits in my lap. And uh, he's very good to work with. He will if I'm at if I'm in a chair at a keyboard. He will curl up in my lap under the keyboard and I can kind of like occasionally reach down and give him little scritches on his on his head and he will stay off my keyboard for the most part. Uh, Bod, on the other hand, does n- she, she has learned that dancing on the keyboard is the beginning of a fun game. Like she knows if she jumps on the keyboard, she's going to get attention. So not ideal for working. We'll work on that, though. <laughs> She's still a kitten. She'll she'll she she can be tamed, right? Y- yes, I I. It's been so long since I had a kitten. Like the last time I raised a kitten was seventeen years ago. So I I have vague memories of cat development and how cats mature, but honestly, it feels like feels like I'm a newbie. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad that the things seem to be working out and, um, uh, the oh, bod are, sounds did like, I, did I tell you we're officially keeping her? You didn't, you didn't. This is why oh, I was like, yeah, kind of, I I've been kind of on with that. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I, cause I, cause one of those things I've been kind of like, you know, on pens and needles, like is, is bod going to get to stay like, you know, yeah. cause I know that the, the most important thing is, is, you know, uh, making sure that your, um, existing cat is comfortable right. and all that, but well, and also yeah. like, L is still like the the Finnegan ordeal. Uh, it, it she's still uh, very much in mourning for Finnegan, and for sure. I am too. But I have found it like immediately easy to to reopen my heart and right. and love a new kitten. And she's having a tougher time with that. So she sees how happy Bod makes me, and and she's on board. But I think if it were just up to her, she would have uh, fostered Bod temporarily and then let him find or let her find another home. Um, so we're I feel a little guilty, like pushing to keep a kitten that maybe she's not ready for. But but we've we've had long discussions about it, and I, I think it's the right thing. Yeah, that's good. And and I, I hope that that. It, you know, not that it's ever going to be easy, but that she's able to work through her grief, you know, as time oh, yeah. moves forward. It, yeah. T- time heals all wounds, but it, yeah, that was a rough one for sure. Oh, well, definitely it is. And, and, you know, and, and I, I do feel like sometimes like, I know that we got our dog, Jamie, not long after our dog shadow died. And that was really rough on us as a family. And, but, but it really, it did ultimately, I think really help um, to the point that I, you know, it took my parents, God, like uh, basically a decade after Jamie died for them to get um, uh, the dog that they have now that my sister rescued in like March um, that they have now. Um, I, I think it was just it was really hard for them up until then. But they're I'm really glad my parents have a have a little a little dog, uh, especially yeah. since I can't be there and the world is dumpster fire. They at least have a little it's not a puppy. The dog's like five or six but uh it's a very small dog so it's yeah especially for a small dog because small dogs live a a a longer life and 
and the five five to seven year range is really nice. Yeah, little buddy bear. He was like basically left for dead. My sister found him um, after like a big storm. She'd seen him a couple of times and she'd fed him, and and he was clearly kind of a, a you know um, you know a, a, uh, he was wearing a t shirt, but doesn't know like at some point somebody had cared about him but he never got his shots he never or at least uh, if he'd had his shots he he wasn't um tagged um you know they weren't able to, to to locate um you know any of that stuff she fed him a couple of times and then she kept looking for him and then she um saw him after like a, a really heavy storm and he was like kind of caught like near a fence Mm-hmm. and had kind of debris around him and, and people thought he was dead. Somebody like left a thing about it on, on um, next door. And, and then she, she found him and he, he was still alive and she's able to kind of nurse him back to health. And then um, she had to go out of town and my parents were taking care of him and they took him to the vet and he had to have a bunch of teeth pulled and, you know, yeah, get yeah. You know, some other stuff done. But, but he's, he's very bright spirits and it's a sweet little dog and, and they, they love him and um, he's been really good for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're still trying to figure out where Bod actually came from. Like, she was found in a cemetery, and I, I got reports on Facebook from people I don't really know, but who follow my cat pictures, apparently, um, who had actually seen her, like, by the highway near the cemetery over the the days before. So I don't know how long she was out in the wild. She's... I mean, she's like two months old. She's she's big enough. She's weaned, but she can't get very far on her own. So right. I, I don't know how this happened. And she's a long hair and she wasn't super matted when, when when we got her. So she hadn't been out for that long. Can't have been out for too long. Anyway, so did you did you ever get around to watching The Flight Attendant? Yes, I haven't finished it, oh. but I've. But, 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 um, I'm, I'm very far into it and, and I'm at the point where I, I can talk about it and we wouldn't want to spoil it for people anyway. I, I will, I will say this about the finale. It wraps things up enough that it makes me worry that there won't be another season. Yeah. I was going to ask about that because is this like a, well, did you ever watch Big Little Lies? No. Okay. Well, well it's I really good. Say I watched an episode, but I didn't get very far with it. Okay, I was going to say, I don't know if that would be a show for you or not. I think it's fantastic. The first season is truly exceptional television, uh, but I don't know if it's like a Brett show. Like, um, Elle might like it. Um, it's, uh, and I don't mean to be gendered with it because men can certainly enjoy it, but it definitely is a show made for women. Sure. Um, uh, and, and not not to say that, again, men can't enjoy it, but uh, although the, the, the chief director and, and like showrunner is, is a man who's, you know, based, it was adapted from a book written by a woman, adapted by that woman, um, you know, produced and starring women. Um, but it, the, the first season, you know, because it was just a, a, a limited series thing. And so they adapted a book into kind of a miniseries, very successful, so successful that they hired the writer to up the book to basically imagine more episodes, got Meryl Streep on board and did like a second season, which, you know, kind of worked, but didn't work as well as, you know, it was just not one of those like kind of perfect things. Um, it kind of ended, I thought, think at the right point. I haven't read the book that the, the flight attendant is based on, but since it's based on a book, I would imagine that they probably did a similar thing where they're like, okay, we've tied everything up because the book has 
But in the back of their minds, they're thinking, this is Kaylee Coco. This is one of our big HBO Max shows. We would like to have this live on. So yeah. you're saying you, well, you want it to live on. Yeah, like, I, I, I won't spoil anything for you. Um, but you know that the, the kind of subplot about the corporate espionage? They don't wrap that up. It's the only part of the story that doesn't have this neat little bow on it. And I, I feel like a second season about that and that mm -hmm. character wouldn't be as compelling. So, and can I, can I, can I spoil one thing for you? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, Kaylee's character ends up in, in, in AA. Okay. So that. I mean, that's a huge resolution to what is a major right. plot point is her drinking. Yeah, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, let's talk about her from an as an actress. She's so good. Yeah, um, I guess I was I don't she plays this kind of um, brash, not sorority type, but like her character between the Big Bang and mm -hmm. this aren't exceptionally different no they're not not even remotely it Which is not a stretch about her range Has well she been right. in other stuff uh not really she she was on no she's always kind of played the same role uh she was on that that uh, john ritter's last tv show um you know like uh um you know my teenage daughter or whatever it was called I don't know um let me let me find this um the compelling part of our show where we're both just typing on keyboards. Yep, exactly. I think, I think that, I think his final show is like how to date my, um, oh, uh, no, eight simple rules, rules for, for dating my daughter. Yeah. Eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. Yeah. And, and, and they then renamed it eight simple rules after he died unexpectedly. And like, he died like on set, like oh my. he had like a, he had like a myocardial infarction and, and then they didn't, diagnosed with the right thing at the hospital and he died. It's terrible. Um, but she was the, she was the star of that. She was the teenage daughter, kind of the, the star of that. And, uh, and Katie uh, Siegel from, um, um, married with the children, you know, was, was in that. And, uh, so that was her first thing. And then she was, went from that to big bang and she's done some TV movies, I think. And she's done a couple of, of comedies, but, I mean, we talked about, we kind of mentioned this last time, like they were making 2 million or two and a half million an episode for a really long time. Yeah. Like none of them ever have to work again. Like right. genuinely, like, like between, I mean, okay, let's pretend they weren't getting mad, mad, mad money off the of syndication, uh, which they are. Cause like the, the friends cast, if they'd never made a million an episode would not have ever had to work again, just from the syndication royalties. Yeah, for sure. But but they, in addition to the syndication royalties, also were getting like massive checks like for years. So she genuinely never has to work again, uh, which I do actually find then like that impressive when you take on a more challenging role. That said, you're right. I don't think the range. It's a very similar character like this. You could see that Penny, a darker, like more <laughs> on edge penny. right well that's what i mean darker right like you know penny who was like very much like had had been maybe a little more ambitious had actually gone through and you know instead of working at the cheesecake factory for all that time had been like ah, oh, let's be a flight attendant and then it like 
really like leaned in on the partying a little bit more, right? Like mm-hmm. if Penny had gone to college and it just like, you know, and you know what I mean? Had a little more ambition and, and just been a little bit harder, like would be the character yeah. in, in, in this. That said, I still think she's great in it. Like, I don't, I don't think oh, I, yeah. I'm with you. I don't think she, nec- I don't think she has a lot of range, but I also feel like. She plays well, that one character very well. Perfectly. <laughs> well, and, 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 and I, and I, and it was one of those things where when I was watching the show, I was thinking about this cause she bought it. She's the producer. And so she, you know, was the one who really spearheaded the project, uh, which I always find impressive. And it's not uncommon actually that women, especially women in their thirties and older have to do that. A lot of times, even high profile actresses like herself, if, if they don't see roles, you know, that they want to play, they have to spend their own money and and do it. You know, Reese Witherspoon is, has made that, um, clear for, for years now. Um, and she has an Oscar. Um, but, uh, I think that she recognized obviously the book would be something that would make a good show and the way that she's played it, it would be hard. I mean, other actresses could do it, but it's hard for me to imagine them like being that, like, for me being able to be that like drawn into the character. Like I, it just feels to me like that is the character, the way that she's, she's played it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you're appreciating the show. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. I have to say it was a little weird because the guy who played George on, on Grey's Anatomy, who I haven't seen on TV in like a decade, um, is on it. He's the brother. Um, oh, Rosie Perez is really good. Yeah. Um, um, Shasha Mamet, who still can't believe that, uh, David Mamet's daughter is, a good actress because his wife is <laughs> fucking terrible. Um, but his daughter is quite good. I have to say, uh, well done. Lena Dunham again. I can't believe that, that girls gave us Adam driver, but you know, <laughs> this is the world we live in where we have to realize that fucking Lena Dunham for all the ways that we want to drag her for being mediocre, average, whatever, really fucking cast good people on her damn show and is also probably a really good writer in ways that are frustrating because she's so insufferable. Wait, so so you like Adam Driver? Yes. Okay, me too. That's what I'm saying. That. That's what I'm saying. Adam Driver's fucking fantastic and it's annoying that Lena Dunham found him. Everybody on Girls actually, like if you really think about it, like Allison Williams, no reason to be in any way good, right? Like Brywise daughter, like that's a complete in 100% you're, you're casting for this in part because, you know, then the, the, you know, uh, guy who was like lead anchor for, for NBC news is the dad. Like that's absolutely a nepotism hire. No, really fucking good. <laughs> like has gone on to do other stuff, you know, Joshua moment, mammoth, like really fucking good. Like, it's frustrating. I was rewatching girls recently and I was like frustrated because <laughs> the show's insufferable in a lot of ways, but it's also funny and good. And I'm like, God damn it, Lena Dunham. I really, really hate that. I, I like your work and I can't even like be, and I would like to not, but I don't because she's insufferable, but her work is really good. And she clearly had a really good eye for talent as evidenced by the fact that driver's going to win a fucking Oscar. And are you familiar- she discovered him. Are you familiar with John Oliver's Adam Driver bits? Yes, I am. I love it so much. He completely objectifies Adam Driver. It's it's so good. And did you I, see the episode of uh, last week tonight where he actually had Adam Driver on to like scold him for objectifying him? No, no, <laughs> I missed so that. Good. I'll have to find that. No, that's. <laughs> 
That's that's awesome. Uh, my friend Joanna is a writer on that show, and um, oh, really? and so yeah, yeah. She she worked at Jezebel and was a fantastic writer there, and would write really funny bits and would do really funny things. And uh, now she's an Emmy winner, which is like the coolest thing. That's awesome. Um, and and she's young, right, right, right. Like like she she was in her twenties when when she got um that gig. I think, I think she's still in her twenties, but she's, she's really good. And so I always like, I, 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 who knows like where that bit comes from, but that's one of those things that I'm like, Oh, I could see Joanna like <laughs> continuing to push that narrative into things. Did we already talk about, uh, John Stewart coming back? Uh, we did. Um, cause he's, he's, uh, doing his monthly, uh, I don't know how we talked about how we'd missed him. Yeah, well, I I heard, and I can't remember what network it was for, but he's getting a show again. Isn't it Apple TV? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, you're right. Definitely is. I can't wait for that. I can't. Yeah. I, I've been I've been watching old Daily like Show the, the last two years of the Daily Show, uh, excluding the very last year. Mm-hmm. Like those are to me like just peak Daily Show. And I've yeah, been going was, through and like watching those on, on YouTube and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he was just like on it. Uh, and we talked about this, I think last time that it's just, um, nothing against Trevor Noah, but he oh, just, God. he doesn't have it. I, I gave Trevor Noah a solid chance. Like I really wanted to like him, but I, I can't, I can't watch the daily show anymore. He yeah, sucks. Yeah. He sucks. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I really wanted to like him. I really wanted to like the daily show still. Mm-hmm. They still have some no, good I mean, well, there's just maybe said, but... you know, every, every host has their own take on it. And, and I, I respect that they didn't try to, you know, find somebody just like Jon Stewart. I think the unfortunate thing for them is that by that point, John Oliver already was a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, I, I really do feel like, and we talked about this before, but I think, I feel like all the alums of the Daily Show kind of created, like filled that vacuum because Trevor couldn't. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, totally. I mean, all right. Amber Sorry, Ruffin. Amber Ruffin. Not she's not from the Daily Show, but um, she's, right. She's from what's his name, uh, the Late Show guy. Right. Uh, yeah. Writer. Um, Stephen Colbert. Yeah. No. No. The one Craig that's for, former um, former SNL uh, news news update guy. Oh, McDonald's. No, Jesus. This isn't that hard. Who, who are the major late night hosts? Oh, Seth Myers. Seth Myers, thank you. I knew you'd come through for me. Yeah, I knew sorry. You would. Uh, she was a Seth, uh, Seth Myers writer. Oh, okay. Now she has a Peacock show and she's delightful. I, I enjoyed hey, her that's quite good. a bit. Okay, Seth Myers, I have to say, as much as like I'm with you, I've given up on, on Trevor Noah, I've really come to appreciate and be impressed by, by, by Seth Myers. Yeah, I. There are parts of like, I enjoy the closer look. I feel like they realized early on that people were tuning in just for the closer look. Yeah. And the interviews were decent. I mean, as good as any interviews ever are. Um, But like the monologue and the closer look, he's, he's quite good at, he does no, this that's thing. What I mean. He does this yeah, thing where I- he pauses between cue cards in the middle of a sentence and I wish they would write his cue cards so they didn't switch in the middle of a sentence. It drives me nuts. But 
That said, yeah, I like Seth. Meyers. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. I, I really do feel like like his a, a closer look is the thing. Like the interviews are whatever. I, I honestly feel like they can't because of where it is in the schedule. And part of those shows is the interview thing. Like that's part of how you get that prime, you know, like that kind of like airtime or whatever is that publicists are saying, we're going to be sending people to your show to promote stuff. And, and we want to buy advertising and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like you, you couldn't just make it, I don't think on a, on a major network, a closer look like you could on Peacock, you right. could on HBO, you could on yeah. like Comedy Central, but I don't think on NBC you could, right? Like I think you have to have the interviews, but yeah, that's very much the secondary thing. Like that's not, that's not the primary part of it. Whereas, you know, on Fallon and um, on Kimmel and, and to a lesser degree on Colbert, I think Colbert probably has the, the best mix, which is why, you know, he's so good at it. Uh, you know, those are very much driven by certainly, you know, James Corden, those are driven by the guest interaction. Whereas, um, uh, Seth Meyers is very much about that monologue and, and that's a really, I think he nails it. I've actually been very impressed by it. Have I talked about my, my recent newfound appreciation for James Corden? No, I, I never really, like I had enough late shows to watch. I never got into the late show with James Corden. Right. But, um, he is, he's awesome. Like I, he is. Now that I've given him a chance and the interaction between him and the band leader, whose name I forget, um, the weird guy used to do, I think, Ro Robot Chicken. What is his name? Anyway, like their interactions are amazing because he is a perfect, like, weirdo straight guy to play off of. Um, straight, straight man. Reggie not, Watts. Not, Reggie Watts. Yes. He's um, great. I've I, met in person. <laughs> Uh, I mean, a straight man in the sense of comedy, not making any judgments. No, 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 no. But, 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 but I was just going to say like when I, when I met him, like he was, cause it was, it was such a bizarre thing. It was him, Sarah Silverman, Michael, Sarah, and, um, um, Tim from Tim and Eric. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, comedy bang, bang. That's the show I was trying yes, to think of. That, yeah. And that, and that was what I was, was interviewing them about. And it was at South by Southwest and I ended up having to sit on a bar because they're all so tall. <laughs> and Sarah Silverman like kept braiding my hair. And uh, it was, no, it was, it was great. It was great. It was very fun. But they were also all so funny in weird ways. And it was just sort of, uh, it was intimidating. But anyway, Reggie Watts is great. Man, it's been a lifetime goal of mine to meet Sarah Silverman. She was really nice. Um, I did not piss her off. She, the girl that I'm kind of friends with who was also there like reporting pissed her off um, and wanted her to do some stupid YouTube shit. Uh, and she was like, and she was like, I'm not doing that. And uh, like girl thought she was joking and Silverman was like, not joking. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of played it cool because the day that it happened, it was like early in the morning. It was like eight o'clock in the morning, like at this bar in Austin and it was right after daylight savings had switched. So we were all like an hour forward. And so we'd lost an hour and, you know, South by like you, you drink and like you, uh -huh. you party and like the whole thing. And so, you know, we're there, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. And like, I'm like looking in the mirror at the same time she was. And I was just like commenting. I was like, I was like, I'm so fucking hungover. Like, I can't believe I'm here or whatever, you know, just trying to just kind of like be like a normal person. And so we kind of developed a little bit of rapport. So when I, went to interview them. It wasn't super awkward yeah. or whatever, I'm but jealous. she was nice. I'm yeah. Um, yeah. So before we switch over to what I hope is going to be a tech part of the show. Yep. 
I want to I want to talk about vitamins. Yes. I, I have no segue for this, but our second sponsor of the day is Ritual Vitamins. Um, we've talked about this in the past as well, and and they have continued to support us because apparently we move vitamins. So if you're looking for a multivitamin that will fill in the gaps in your diet, Ritual's perfect. It's a vegan, non-GMO, gluten and allergen free and provides nutrients that cover all the bases. Um, obviously, we're in what for a lot of people is a stressful time of the year and nutrition matters. Um, Ritual multivitamins have no sugars, synthetic fillers or artificial colorants. And all of its ingredients are transparently sourced all the way through. And all of the nutrients come in bioavailable forms that your body can actually utilize. Ritual is scientifically developed to help support different life stages. I take the formula for men. There are also formulations for teen, prenatal, and one just for women, uh, which Christina has also been testing out. I sure have. And uh, in in my formula, the, the formulas differ, obviously, between the types, but mine for men has 10 nutrients, including E and D, which I, I, I need in my life. Um, and with their delayed release formula, you can take them with or without a meal. And you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash overtired to start your ritual today. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. So I first big news. Yes. You know how I, I, I got... Uh, that email about the ultimate hacking keyboard v2 testing yes and 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 you're like worried that you you uh weren't going to you're like really hoping that you were going to get one well apparently they shipped it on monday <gasps> yeah yes. that's awesome i i am i'm super excited i had a limited choice of um switches but okay what kind of what kind of switch did you get uh they're mx blues <laughs> Which, like, I wanted clicky, but what I wanted the, in in the new version, they're offering box switches. Yeah. Which I was super into trying, like, the, the box whites. But I had to go with blue. But the thing is, they're hot swappable. Nice. So if I end up being able to keep this prototype unit, I can swap out for box switches anytime I want to. Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the thing now because I, I was also looking. I was like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. And and I was like, I like the the RGB and I like this white color. And and I was trying to figure out like what type of switches would be good. And like, yeah, the whites so uh, I don't seem like that'd be interesting. I've never really cared about RGB backlit keyboards, but they have it programmed so that like when you hold down the mod key, things like the the like on the on the ultimate hacking keyboard when you hold down the mod key which is under one of your thumbs uh j k l and i turn into arrow keys and with the rgb backlighting when you hold down the mod key the arrow keys light up which i'll admit is pretty cool exactly that's what i'm saying like this is this is stuff that yeah i, I don't know like rgb is one of those things that uh i think in like the pc enthusiast scene which is obviously influenced even you know like non like PC users who use, you know, customized keyboards. Uh, RGB has been one of those things that's been derided because people have just gone overboard with it. Yeah. But weirdly, I feel like it's come back around at this point where it's become such a meme that like 
people ironically or unironically kind of like it now. Do you remember? At least that's that's where I'm at. I am with it. Sorry, custom go on. PC gaming build outs where they'd have like windows in the side of the box with water cooling tubes oh, yeah. running through it and everything. Is that oh, yeah. still a thing? Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, oh, that is still a thing very much so, except now like it's easier to do. Um, but yeah, there, there, if you, if you follow any of the, the PC building channels, which are fun to do, there are not as many people do like a lot of the custom loop and water block stuff, uh, just because it's something that's really time consuming and, and hard and, and you can you know mess up your components if you don't do it correctly, but people will do all kinds of really cool looking builds and, and RGB is a big part of that because some of the more popular cases definitely have like, you know, all tempered glass sides and stuff that really show off what they can do. Yeah. Um, which, which is fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to be into it. I used to build my own PCs, but then I started using Macs and it just really Same. wasn't an option anymore. Well, exactly. You and and Hackintosh. Which is not going to be an option, you know, going forward. Uh, no, I agree with that. Although it's been one of those things that for, you know, for various other purposes, for, for gaming, for other things, gaming, um, I mean, we just got new consoles, but gaming has been one of those thing areas where, especially this year, there's been like such a resurgence and, and it's kind of a stronghold on PC gaming which you can't do on a Mac. Uh, it's it's not possible. Uh, the the games aren't there. You would have to use Boot Camp anyway, and you're talking yeah. about a, a way overpriced solution. It's just you know the Mac is not and will never be a gaming platform. It just isn't. Um, it that there's there's been like this this pickup in people building their own PCs or buying gaming PCs, which is sort of interesting. So a lot of those channels have increased, and it's it's funny too because the pandemic just like made it more popular because everyone's working from home. So you need a more popular machine. So the only thing harder to get than like PlayStations are graphics cards and the latest, um, uh, AMD processors. Hmm. Like it's impossible to get a, a Zen three chip right now or to get, um, a, a, a 3000 series NVIDIA graphics card. Like, and, and we're, you're talking about things that average several hundred, several hundred dollars a piece. Like the, you know, the, the chips are, are $300 up and, and the graphics cards are like $600 up wow. and they're like completely sold out. Like they, the minute they go up on new egg, like they're gone. Speaking of gaming, uh, Sony is not only refunding cyberpunk, they're pulling they it from it. the store. Yep. Yeah. They're pissed. Tell me more. Okay, so for people who want a little more background on this, we did talk about this on, on Rocket last week uh, for, for about half an hour. But um, Cyberpunk uh, 2077 uh, is buggy, it is not ready. It is one of those games that I think will be fine. And, and I've played it um, so far on Xbox Series X. It's not perfect. There are definitely bugs, but it's it's more than playable and it and it looks good. And, and that is not in its like they haven't released the, the next gen uh, patch yet. So but 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 it's but it's it's fine. I mean I'm not saying that like it's a perfect experience, but it's not one of those things where I'm like giving my money back or whatever. For added uh, background though, we should mention this this game has been in development, in development for, for eight like years. A decade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and they hit crunch. It was originally supposed to be out like early 2020 then it was delayed until june then it was delayed till november then it was delayed until december and it's not ready and the biggest thing though is that you know aside from the bugs and whatnot and things that you're going to have with like a game this ambitious of this size they did not clearly 
ever bothered to do any substantive tests on the last-gen consoles, meaning the non-pro PlayStation 4 and the non-1X um, Xbox. So if you have an Xbox or an Xbox, an Xbox One or an Xbox One S, uh, which most people do. So, so not the One X, which had you know, 4K upgrades, and and um, and not the new consoles. But if you had like the ones that most people have, or if you had a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 4 Slim, not the PS5, not the PlayStation 4 Pro, then the game um, not just looks like you know complete trash, but runs like sometimes at like 20 frames a second, yeah. like runs really poorly like frankly is an unacceptable way to release a game especially when you have between pc and consoles they had eight million pre-orders and when this went out to reviews reviewers were not allowed to review the console version they had to review the pc version which is a massive red flag but you know i don't think anybody knew how bad it was going to be so you it's reviewed under one set of circumstances it comes out a few days later you pre-order this game and it's frankly an unacceptable way of, of of playing like they're promising that it'll get better but it, it's frankly in an, in an unacceptable state well cd project red just made bad situations worse by clearly in their panic they're like okay okay well, well we'll refund the game we hope you won't ask for this but we'll offer refunds and you know we're going to continue to work on patches well when they did this, they very clearly had not spoken with Sony or, or Microsoft about this. They clearly had not like given their partners a heads up. And Sony, in particular, like uh, Microsoft, honestly, seems fine. Like like they are offering proactively offering refunds, and um, but it's still for sale. Like they're 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 kind of you know going like forward with it. I'm sure they're not happy with CD Projekt Red, but it's not like they're not doing what Sony is doing. Sony, as a rule, does not need does not do game refunds like for their digital sales. They don't do it. And when they were then basically voluntold by CD Projekt Red to do it, they at first were pushing back. Finally, a couple after a couple of days, they just released a statement on their on their website, like it, you know, in, in a like a text block, like on Twitter, where they're like, okay, um, we will be offering refunds and we are also pulling the game from the PlayStation Network you know, um, until further notice, you know, temporarily, meaning that they basically came to a, an agreement with CD Projekt Red. They were like, okay, fine, assholes, we will refund your game. But guess what? You've made us look bad and this is embarrassing for us and we don't do this. So we're going to pull your game from the store, which is a problem because if you do have a PlayStation 5, this runs pretty well from, you know, by all accounts. I have a PS5, but I haven't played it on PlayStation. I've played it on Xbox, but people tell me it runs quite well. Uh, so you, you, you know, not that that's a huge number of users yet, but you've cut them off. Yeah. Um, but you've also like, how are, how are people, like, it's going to be really hard once the patches do get better to convince, you know, non-PlayStation 5 owners in the future to be like, yeah, this is worth my 60 or $70. Right. I'm going to go ahead and buy this once it's available again. Like it's a cluster. Like people need to be so fired at the top of CD Projekt Red for this. Well, and we haven't even talked about the the exposed penis bug. <laughs> which, no, which which I kind of love, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that that bug where like you're standing like, 
with your exposed penis or with your like ass like uh, out if, as you stand up on the car. If that were the only problem, you could totally. almost look at that as like promotional. I was going to say, honestly, that seems pretty cyberpunk, right? Um, although there is something that is kind of cyberpunk about this deeply capitalistic game, which has these like anti-capitalism themes being so pushed for crunch and so pushed for time that it's released in an unfinished state. And then having these capitalism like wars breaking out about who's going to have to take responsibility for its failure on console. There is something kind of cyberpunk about that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. We also talked about this on systematic when I had, uh, Ashley Escada on. Um, so this, this game has been well covered by Brett and Christina podcasts. Well, it's fascinating though, cause I can't ever remember a time. I, I, I think that there was a game that was like voluntarily removed from sales temporarily, but I can't ever remember a time when you've had a major game like this. And like, let's be clear, like this is probably the biggest game of the year. Yeah. And should have been. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been pulled from one of the major digital distributors, right? Like obviously it's still available on steam and, and CD project red site and, um, you know, for Xbox, but you've just cut off like, you know, um, I don't know how many PlayStation fours they sold like 50 million. I don't know. Maybe that's no concept, but like you, you've, you cut off that, that user base, at least for temporarily. And it's just been such a clusterfuck of a, of a launch on every level. It's just, although I, I don't, I don't know if there's any way that you could have had eight years of buildup and it not be a clusterfuck. I don't know. So, I, I always try to think about that. Can you think about like really like, long in development, like movies or books or TV shows, TV shows, you can't really do eight years, but like movies or books or video games or normal pieces of software that have been in development for that long that don't end up being disappointing in some way. I feel like it's happened before in the gaming industry, but I'm not, I'm not enough of a gamer to remember exactly. I know like, uh, what not Wolfenstein something post Wolfenstein was was predicted was scheduled and spent like a decade and like never came to fruition I guess if I'm recalling this yeah there there was one of those and then there was there was Daikatana which which finally did come out but was disappointing which was uh John Romero's game I think um movies it's weird i think titanic and avatar are both both james cameron films massive budgets massively delayed massive successes but it'll be interesting to see what happens when the next avatar finally comes out after like a decade i don't think it's gonna work yeah and they've spent like 11 years on another avatar oh oh, this is my point right (laughs) but like but i say this and yet i'm also kind of like well not like don't bet against it, Christina, because, you know, Titanic was famously like over budget and, and delayed and everybody was like, this isn't going to work. And then it wound up being, you know, most successful film of all time up to that point. It was finally beat by Avatar, which was finally beat by Avengers. Uh, uh, but uh, like, but, but Avatar was also one of those things that I didn't really expect to work and yet has, Yet I don't feel like anyone needs a sequel at all, let alone three sequels. But yeah. Did you hear about the sequel to Titanic? <sighs> Titanic 2, The Reckoning? 
was that uh, that that was like the made for tv movie or some shit right i'm just making this up no there was like somebody like had like no it would be hilarious but but there there was a a a titanic 2 um not based on any of like the actual um you know the story of uh you know like james cameron's titanic but like somebody did make like a titanic 2 um yeah you can't, you can't make us anyway i agree i look all i'm saying is, is it could be called the reckoning and it'd be like jack's revenge or something like he comes back from like underneath like the depths of the of the ocean it turns out you know like it just turns into like a jaws slash like psycho film or something you know what i mean like it yeah. goes into one of those things where it's like you know it's like halloween michael myers comes back <laughs> yeah. like you think he's dead and then every 10 years he like comes out <laughs> And poor Laurie Strode is just like being like terrorized by her 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 brother. So I found one other thing to like about Big Sur. What's that? They so they moved a lot of the uh, controls for like Bluetooth and AirDrop and everything into a, a control into center. The control center, yeah, which, which I like. Yeah, I don't like the uh, the lack of back buttons, but. Um, that is where you would turn on do not disturb. However, mm-hmm. if you click on the clock slash calendar, like the date in the in the menu bar, that opens up notification center. And then uh-huh. if you option click it, if you option click on the clock, uh-huh. it turns do not disturb on and off, which yeah. is super nice. handy. I still can't script it because if you get if you use Apple events to get the menu bar, like I thought, oh, cool, I can just, you know, do a a synthetic option click. Right. No, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, oh, this would be scriptable. I could like connect this to your um, your stream deck. Right. And menu bar returns uh, the first menu bar item is the Siri icon, which is next to the clock. Uh, the menu bar does not return the date and time item anymore. So you can't click it. It's annoying. That's really annoying. Okay. That sucks though. Like that's to me. I like, I like that that feature exists, but now I'm kind of pissed off about it because it's not scriptable. And like, that seems like that's an anathema. Like that seems like that goes against all known, like Mac OS, like things that, ever known about it right it's never technically been scriptable like you have to modify system defaults and then reload notification center and everything before big sir um but yeah that even that doesn't work anymore and there there is there's some app that that came out with a way to um control do not disturb through their own gui so someone has figured out a hack for this it can be done i just haven't found it yet i wonder if you could like buy that app and either disassemble <laughs> it or if it's open source if you could like figure it's, out like what they not did open source that was the first thing i checked um but i have considered contacting them and just saying hey i make a free app that would really that was, like that, to do this that was going to be my second like suggestion i was gonna be like okay if you can't actually um like uh take that like if you can't actually disassemble it and like reverse engineer it like reach out to the dev and be like hey how did you do that 
So I do want to, before the end of the year, talk about uh, some overtired top Mac and iOS uh, app picks, but we're at yes. time for the week. So okay. we'll start that next week, just in time for what will that yes. be, New Year's? Yeah. Yes, let's make that literally our, our top topic because I, I want I have I want to I, I want to go through kind of your list and I might have some suggestions too. Also, though, listeners, if you have suggestions or things that you think that you don't want us to like forget or skip, please either tweet us, uh, mention it in our Discord, or uh, bug us yeah. um, either Twitter or email. Yeah. Um, that the last the last thing I'll say is it was recommended in our Discord. Uh, someone requested that we make a shared playlist. Okay. Yes. I, I'm, I'm into that actually. It'll get weird. It'll no, be, it's going to get super an weird. eclectic mix. Yeah. But I like that because we both have really eclectic tastes in music and very, very tasty music. So I'm, I'm looking forward so to that. Is Spotify okay for that? Yeah. Spotify is perfect for that. And All I'll, right. I'll I'll get you my, my, or you can find me on Spotify. I'll get you my username so you can, or you can create the playlist and yeah, share it. I, we'll figure it out anyway. I think I follow you on Spotify. More than likely. If you, if you've got it connected with Facebook or whatever, you probably do, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. I love Spotify's social stuff. Yeah, I like it. I just, it, they've, I don't know. I feel like they've, they've dropped the ball on it a lot in so many ways. But yeah. I do feel like if you can get into it, it is actually really powerful. I just like that sidebar that shows me what everyone's listening to at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I also like that you can turn that off. All right. Well, thanks to BetterHelp and Ritual for sponsoring this fantastic episode of Two Very Tired People Being Overtired. Exactly. 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 More than usual, Christina, get some sleep. Thank you, Brett. You as well. Get some sleep. The system is going down now.